The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Hey guys, what a podcast. Just got done recording. Wanted to let you know. I would say more double likes, triple likes than we've seen. And the rarest of the rare, a crossfire on best bets. So you might like Ken's side on that one. You might like Brad's, but boy, there's a lot of, in fact, I think there's three triple likes. So great week, a lot of confidence here for college football. And you can take that knowledge to the bank with BetDSI. Now here's the key. We have an offer. It's a special offer. You use the promo code BELL101, B-E-L-L-101, and you can deposit and get your money doubled. That deposit amount is doubled. BetDSI.com, use BELL101. BetDSI, 20 years online, great rep, customer service, fast payouts on your winnings. Like we said, BELL101 gets you that special The nice thing about doubling your winnings, it's not just you make that money, you have that money, but it's also giving you more money in order to bet. There's a famous story. Stu Unger won his first World Series of Poker like in 80, 81. They said, what are you going to do with this? And he looked at the camera and he said, I'm going to gamble with it. Well, what are you going to do with your double bonus from BetDSI when you use promo code BELL101? You're going to gamble with it. Double to gamble with. Take advantage. Here comes the show. Welcome to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is RJ Bell. That's right. College football week number nine with my wise guy roundtable to my left. All the college knowledge. Brad Powers right in front of me. Steve Fezzik playing a road game to my right. Back, Ken Thompson. By the way, the streak continues 34 straight times. No sleeves, 23-inch arms. I'm R.J. Bell. Less than 23-inch arms. And guys, this is probably the most jam-packed pick episode we've had. Now, what do I mean by that? It means we have like five double likes where two of the three guys, the pros around the wise guy round table, have the same game. They say, I like this team. The other one says, me too. Well, that's good because you can feel, especially if you listen to the handicap, you can feel pretty good that they got the right handicap if they're coming at it from two different directions but concluding the same pick but that's not all we got what we've got is a rare and i mean rare best bet versus a crossfire and it's brad and ken going head to head for 500 smackaroonies speaking of 500 smackaroonies before we get into the action let's see how we did last week I'm Brad Powers. I went two and one, and I'm up five hundred dollars. Hi, I'm Steve Fezzik. I went three and one, but all three wins were on the same team, Colorado. I broke even. Well, well, you didn't go three and one. You went one and one. 
I went three and one in my bets, but one and one on my team, so I broke even. I mean, he is the dirtiest player in the yep. game. Ken Thompson. Oh, he was out last week. Yeah, I was out, so I'll, just like Fezzik, I came out even. <laughs> All right, I'm RJ, and I didn't do as well. 0-2, down 400. By the way, let's not forget, I was up big in the NFL. I can't just be a loser and not say that. There ought to be special music for that one. <laughs> RJ brings the NFL into the college pod. <laughs> so speaking of that, Brad, you're coming back. I am. I mean, you're, you're, you seem apprehensive. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of this week's NFL card, but we'll find some winners. All right. So Brad came in week one and did well, but lost. He lost his big one. Came in week two. How'd you do in week two? Three and two. But did you win or lose? I lost. So somehow you <laughs> have had two winning weeks. Yeah, 60%. <laughs> Only I could pull that off. But you're 60% in yep. 10 picks. Yes. Tomorrow on the NFL Pod Thursday release, remember, subscribe. You get them all immediately. You're going to get uh, Maddie Holt, Faz, and me. And oh, by the way, last thing before we get to the action, Fez, gold super contest. We entered two games or this week entering this week, we were two games out of first. $700,000 almost prize, winner take all. And we went three, one, and one. I did some simple math. We are, we're going to be back like a game, game and a half, but there'll be like only three people ahead of us. Loving it. And just for the listeners out there, every Friday night, 9, 10 o'clock p.m., I send RJ a list of, um, these are the final games I look under consideration, and RJ goes through it with a fine-tooth comb and takes out the losers, puts in the winners like a mutual fund manager that's using the analyst input and then buying the stocks that he feels offer the most value. Well, listen, it might be luck. It might be some skill, but we have been snapping out some winners. Let's say that from the POW. But I tell you this, what you guys can be sure of, is our enthusiasms through the roof, right? I mean, if we just think we can rattle off a 14 and one, if we rattle off a 14 and one, it's not likely, but we are going to have a nice lead at that point. And the, the idea we're a couple like lucky weeks, cause you got to have luck to win these things. Uh, we're a couple lucky weeks away from being in total control to win 700 K and you guys are seeing it. You ever hear this? Don't try this at home. We are like opening up the velvet ropes to let you see how we're doing it. And the response has been awesome. Let's get to the colleges. Showtime. Missouri at home laying seven, seven against Kentucky. Ken, you like Missouri. Yeah, I like Missouri a lot in this game. Here's the thing with Kentucky. They do have a good, solid defense, but they're so one-dimensional on offense. And when you play a team that's at home that's going to spread it out, I don't think Kentucky has a defensive personnel to cover all these Missouri receivers. And it's not just a Missouri passing game. It's a pretty good running game with Roundtree and Crockett. So Drew Locke will spread it out. They're at home. Kentucky last week. How about Terry Wilson, their quarterback? Three of nine for 18 yards. I mean, granted, Benny, Benny Snell had 169 yards on 32 carries, but that's it. You're going to play one-dimensional. This is, again, one of those correlated deals. If Missouri gets ahead, forget about it. This game is over. If Kentucky gets ahead, they'll grind it out, Snell. They'll use their defense. They'll shorten the game. That's the only way Kentucky can win. If Kentucky falls behind, I don't think there's any way they can win. If Missouri falls behind, they still can win at home. So I like Missouri a lot. Now, do we consider in-game on this and say, hey, if Missouri gets up, we play it, 
And if they don't, we pass. Like, do you ever do that, Ken? With the in-game betting? I sure do, yeah. I really enjoy the in-game betting, and I'll get off a bet sometimes when I feel I'm on the right side, but I see things going wrong. I'll follow the trenches big time, inside the trenches on both sides of the ball, see who's getting pushed around and who's controlling uh, the tempo. And in this game, it's definitely a, a contrast of styles, so in this game, it means more to control the tempo. Fess, what percentage of your in-game bets, and you're an expert at this, are you getting off a play you made pre-game and what percentage is uh, a virgin bet into a new game? Ninety-three percent are virgin bets. Okay, so you're just you're you're watching because I do think there's a tendency if you're a scaredy cat to want to jump off. You know, I bet there's a lot of people out there that are losing money net net because they oh they get down ten nothing and they get a little desperate. But we all know there's ebbs and flows to this game. Do you feel like that's something to try to avoid? I mean, obviously try to avoid losing more money. But do you think too many people do that? It all I think too many people do that. I agree. But I think it all depends, RJ, because there's certainly games where I'm watching, especially in a basketball game, where you're just pounding overs one after another in the first half. And then at the end of the third quarter, you're like, it's time to unload back. I got all this over 228, over 232. Let's play under 245. It's a double-digit lead, and the favorite, Golden State, is going to slow it down. Last question on in-game. What percentage of the time of your bets in game that aren't hedging off a pregame bet are you betting both sides? Whereas, like you said, over and early, under late, and what percentage is ultimately you're naked on it? I naked about seventy five percent, twenty five percent. I would have guessed more scalping. Yeah, the scalps. It's more often I'll scalp in a situation where a team like has a third and 17 at midfield. And I'm like, they're going to punt. And so I'll bet under at that point. And then after the punt, then I'll evaluate and look to play over, but not at the same time. So Fez naked 75% of the time. It's a business of sadists and masochists. And you know which one you are. <laughs> Kentucky is Brad's lean. So you're going to get not a full crossfire, but you lean towards Mark Stoops and the boys. Yeah, I, I lean Kentucky here because I think Drew Locke, the quarterback from Missouri, is getting a lot of first-round love, might be the most overrated quarterback in college football. He's a, He pats the stats like he did last week against weak competition. In fact, in his career, Drew Locke, and we got a big sample size here because he's a four-year starter, against FCS teams, against group of five teams, and against SEC teams that don't go to a bowl game, 64 touchdowns. Nine interceptions, 64 touchdowns, nine interceptions against bad teams. But when he steps up in competition, plays a team that's going to a bowl game from a power five so conference. Just to be clear, is this last year they made this, it or that you look back in hindsight and see that they yeah, look back made? in hindsight? So we so this year there's no stats on this then. No, no stats right now. But let's face it. Kentucky's got six wins. Kentucky's going to a bowl game already at bowl eligible against power five bowl teams in his career. Drew Locke, 21 touchdowns. 28 interceptions. Huge contrast there. Kentucky's defense is top 10 in the country. Give me the better defense here. Give me the Wildcats plus the points. So why, yeah, I just want to ask him top 10 against who? Top 10 against who? Against Kentucky? Two. Yeah. I mean, they put one in the swamp and beat Florida. That's Florida's only that loss. Week two, Florida hasn't lost since then. Well, that's a good that's a I'm good win you, then. You woke Florida up, but after oh, that, my after that, Kentucky's limped. I mean, do you want to? How good do you feel with a quarterback? Three of nine for eighteen yards. I get it for the Run game. Run the football. That's for the no. game. Left and right. All right. Play defense. I mean, luckily, Missouri doesn't play defense. But luckily, they're plus seven Kentucky instead of minus. Exactly. Seven, right? I mean, this he's got the classic running dog, right? Yeah. With the good defense.
Hmm. You don't want to press a button, though. No. I, I think here's where Ken's right. If there's any game that we talk about on this podcast where there might be some correlation as far as if you want to parlay the total, if you like Missouri, you're going to like the over. If you like Kentucky, you like the under. Do you like that, Fez? Yeah, I really like the way you can go ahead and engineer a bet on a game you might not uh, opinion on on the side or the total. Next game, Oklahoma. They were impressive after the first game without Mike Stoops as D.C., favored by 24 and a half, hosting Kansas State. Fez, you like the Sooners. Yeah, this is all about Kansas State's past reputation as being a great dog, in my opinion. I know historically they've been super strong, but I really feel that all those trends that point to K-State being a solid dog are going to crash and burn. Totally different team this year, coming off a nice upset win last week and I think it's what's much more reflective of K-State is the two games they got blown out earlier this year against quality teams. Boy, when you've got a really good coach, and Snyder maybe slowed down, but he's still a really good coach, and they seem to be, if they start slow and they start trending up, I tend to believe it continues. It doesn't regress back. Brad, you actually lean, just a lean on K-State. And we've seen Kansas State trend up. It wasn't just the last game where they played their best game of the season two weeks ago against Oklahoma State. They dominated Cowboys. But Kansas State, going right back to what they normally are, last three times as a dog, three straight covers, including a five-point loss against Texas, same Texas team that beat Oklahoma. They're coming off a bye, Kansas State. Bill Snyder, 11-1 and against the spread, coming off a regular season bye. I'll take the, the huge amount of points here. Give me Kansas State. All right, so you're saying 12 times. Now, is this just the last 12? Last 12. Last 12, Kansas State off a of bye, 11 and 1 ATS. 11 and 1. Oh, I want to press. What's stopping you from pressing the button? Ooh, uh, I mean, Oklahoma's offense, I think, is really legit. And here's one, another in game. That's, that's why they're laying 24. Yeah, that's half. true. Yeah. Yeah, give me it. Oh, I mean, 24 and a half is a, <laughs> a ton. <laughs> Damn. Fez, you didn't look so sure. I think this is like we forced you to make five picks. I think this is one that was your fifth pick. Could be. I mean, what do you mean could be? Are you are you going to tell us? Was this one you were really like if Brad wanted to go 500? I'm not saying he does. Would you want to go 500? No. So you don't like this. One. I, I hate laying 24 and a half in a game that was 23 just 24 hours ago. That's interesting. You know, I might press this button too. hold on. <sighs> No, pinnacles. Uh, there's 25 at five dimes. There's 25s all over the place. I can't. All right, but we got some action. 24 and a half, even money. Brad on with Bill Snyder and the boys. Fez on Oklahoma. Can you lean Oklahoma? Yeah, I lean Oklahoma. First off, they're off a buy. So they also know they've had a week to kind of realize like, you know what? The loss to Texas, not only do we have to win, we've got to win impressively because there's other teams that are still So, so just in the mix. straight, Oklahoma had TCU last week. Right, right. I'm sorry. So they, yeah, they, they had the buy right before that. Right, right, exactly. Thank you. Sorry about that. But and nonetheless, I mean, Oklahoma to me is still a team that has destiny control to get there to the Final Four. I think if they run the table, 
get Texas in the final, beat Texas, I think they'll be in the final four. And I think they've got the team to do it. If they're not playing a team like Army, they're going to be in a situation where they're going to blow somebody out. I said earlier this year when Kansas State went to West Virginia, this is the worst Kansas State team that I've seen in 20 years. This team cannot play. They just don't have any speed. They have no speed. They have a running back that's that's okay in Barnes. They have a quarterback, Skylar Thompson now, that can take off and run, doesn't throw the ball real well. And this team's just going to be playing catch-up all day in Norman. And Oklahoma's going to be focused because they know there's no margin for error. So I would lean Fez. If it was 23 and a half, I would take Brad and your money. I mean, I would go for it. I mean, if you, you want to drop it to 23 and a half, I would do it. <laughs> I understand. Look, I'm just saying, Oklahoma, to me, there's such a discrepancy as far as offensive power compared to, again, this Kansas State team is just not that good. And on defensive, yeah. one, one more thing, when they were in West Virginia, they lost 35 to 6 or whatever it was. They got three interceptions from Greer and still only managed six points. This offense is absolutely ridiculous. That's why Snyder cannot win with this team this year. Here's the th- I, I want to bet Kansas State here with no no vig, but here's what's stopping me. I think Oklahoma changing Stoops up, getting Mike Stoops out of there, was like, okay, now what? Right? Because anyone there has always known Mike Stoops as the D.C. And in a weird way, I'm sure there were factions, the new Lincoln-Riley faction, the old legacy Stoops faction, by clearing up that faction or, or clearing out one of them, there was probably a lot of uncertainty. Yep. And I did like TCU last week was playing wrong. The fact they played so well, Oklahoma, after that, and they do seem to control their own destiny. It feels like the, that whatever motivate, they probably have max motivation this week. Uh, I, I agree with that. And I liked what I saw halftime adjustments. Oklahoma's defense didn't look good early, RJ. That was in the middle of the third quarter. Against 30, TCU. Against TCU, 31-27, middle of the third quarter. But they really tightened it down there the last four or five drives for TCU. And I, I also think uh, there, a lot of people or, you know, some people don't know is the Stoops is started at Kansas State under Snyder. Bob started there and Mike started there. And I think when they mm. were big favorites historically, they wouldn't want to run it up against, you know, their mentor in a way. The, the You know, the fact that all of them are cleared out. I'm not saying Lincoln Riley wants to run it up necessarily, but any kind of governor on it, Oklahoma running it up against K-State, I think is gone. Very good point. Very good point. And it's so good, my voice cracked. <laughs> my goodness. Next game, Notre Dame, favored by 24 at home against Navy. Brad, you got a total. We'll wait for that. Fez, you lean Irish. Yeah, lean the Irish. I think it was a little bit of a misleading win against Pitt that looked like they, they certainly did struggle just to win the game, but um, the stats, they were had a much more impressive win. They should absolutely be able to roll over a down Navy in this game, my only concern is the venue. It's in San Diego. So both teams traveling across the country, usually in these neutral site spots, you expect the Irish to have the home field advantage, but it's a naval town in San Diego. I wonder if that's not going to be the case here on Saturday. Lee Notre Dame. You know, Ken, I'm not sure if you heard this bad or not, so let me throw it at you. So Brad and I and Fez and Brad, and I won't tell you who's on what side, here's the following bet. If Notre Dame loses exactly one game, not zero, not more than one, otherwise there's no bet. Mm -hmm. They lose exactly one game, Notre Dame, will they make the playoffs? Now, I'm going to tell you what we bet, but I'm not going to give you the price. We bet, yes, they would. At what price, plus 150, plus 200, whatever, would you bet, would you jump on with us? Notre Dame as a one-loss team makes the playoffs. 
Boy, I just okay. So you got Clemson and Bama running the table. Boy, I, I yeah, be t- I mean, but their loss is going to be a bad loss, no matter who it is, because this is a bad USC team. But but here's the question, because that's what a lot of people are saying. But what would be better, losing against a lesser team? Or losing against a better team. Because if you lose against a better team, that means you didn't win against them. Meaning, let's say Michigan, let's say Notre Dame lost to Michigan but wins out. Is that better? Or if Notre Dame would have beat Michigan like they did and then lose to some, you know, let's say they lose this game. Well, this is 24. Well, look, so. at, look at it. Look at the other way around. You look at Michigan. If Michigan would have beaten Notre Dame and they run the table, but they lose to Ohio State. What about it? No, You're no. better off if they lose to Notre Dame and then they run the table and beat Ohio State. But is it better off for Notre Dame? To me, I, I, I listen, you'd rather win against great teams. Sure. You'd rather lose against great teams if when, you got to. Here's the last thing, though, RJ. When you know what's on the line and you lose to Navy or you lose to a, a down USC team and you're Notre Dame, that lets me know you're inept enough down the stretch to know you have to win and you don't. Well, let me ask you one more question. If Michigan beats Ohio State and Notre Dame loses one game, one loss Michigan, one loss Notre Dame, Notre Dame beats them straight up, who goes? Boy, that is a great, that's the best question of all because Michigan's going to have all the momentum, beat Ohio State, and then they'll beat Wisconsin or whoever it is from the other side, which doesn't really matter. But you can put in with two one losses the team that I know, beat them? I know. It's, it's just so long ago that we could see it happen. So and usually, usually you would only think Alabama that could happen for, you know. So, Brad, we bet this at, and and the number was Fez and I got plus 400. Wow. You like that? Yeah, I, that, that I <laughs> take for it. You want some? I'll give you some. Oh, no, no, I'm oh, just saying. Oh, come on. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. All right, so you'll give us more? No. Oh, well, well what's the Ten. difference? What's the difference? No, I want to make sure. Well, I just want to beat everyone. I mean, it, the bet is so much better now, Ken. And here's why. Because one in Michigan, because Georgia law, everyone's losing. Who knows if it's going to be. Fez, what would you put the true price right now? I think plus 225. Yeah, we got a huge overlay. Jump in. 100 wins you four. Yeah, I'll do it. There you go. Uh, Let let me at least hit the button. (laughs) Into the mic, baby. (laughs) Yeah, got got to at least, you know, four to one. You are a stubborn dude. (laughs) I mean, it's going to be a very bad loss. Uh, I'll risk a hundred for four any day. Yeah, fool like me it. once, shame on me. Fool you twice, shame on you. All right, so to this game again, Notre Dame on neutral field, as Fez said, minus twenty four. Can you lean with the Irish? Yeah, and I was a Navy boy in San Diego, so you know, anytime Navy would come there, you'd look forward to it. Thirty second Street, North Island, where I was. But at the end of the day, this Navy team is so banged up and beat up, and their defense is just atrocious. Look, they'll play with heart. Malcolm Perry, the quarterback, got banged up. Don't even know if he'll play. So Garrett Lewis, who's more of a two dimensional guy, can pass the ball a little better than Perry. Will do what they can. But Notre Dame's off a bye, right? Yep. I, I just I just see the Irish just running the ball down their throat, and I don't think Notre Dame's going to be stopped. I think Notre Dame probably blows them out. All right, so, Brad, you have the total in this game. You like the total. Yeah, I like the over. And so similar to what the guys just said, I don't see how Navy stops Notre Dame. Navy had the perfect game plan last week against Houston, controlled the ball for 43 minutes, and somehow Houston, Houston, with 17 and a half minutes of time and possession, had 570 yards and 49 points. Last I checked, Notre Dame's personnel a little bit better than Houston. Doesn't matter if the Irish only have the ball for 20 minutes here. They might get to this over 54 and a half by themselves. Give me the over. 
over 54 and a half. Like from Brad, lean Notre Dame Fez, lean Notre Dame Ken. Additional green button. Brad, just so stubborn, stubborn like. How would you ex- explain it, Fez? Like how? St- I mean, because do you agree, Brad, that your bet's less attractive now than it was? Oh, when absolutely. We made it, but you still want more. Yep. And by the way, don't forget, we bet five hundred each, Fez. Five hundred to win two dimes. I can explain. Imagine, think back, RJ, to when you bought a stock. You got a tip from someone. You bought it at sixteen, and it went down to ten, and. You knew it was a bad bet. You knew you should just get rid of it. But now you're like dollar cost averaging. Let's see. I bought 500 shares at 16. It's never going to come back to 16. But if I buy at 10, all it has to do is go back to 13 and then I can break even and you buy some more. That's pretty sharp. Yeah. But won't they take that as a sign of weakness? It is a sign of weakness. (laughs) Sign of weakness, I say. Georgia, Florida. Georgia on the road here. Oh, wait. Where's this game at, Brad? It's in Jacksonville, Florida. Now, let's start there. What's the home field? Oh, it's split 50-50. Very similar to what uh, Texas and Oklahoma is at the Cotton Bowl. I really Maybe a half point to Florida. That, that's it. Georgia favored by a touchdown. And you uh, can actually, let's start on the side. Can you like Georgia? Yeah, I like Georgia coming off the bye. I just have a, a feeling in this game. Again, sometimes you just get a gut. And I do like the way Florida's playing. Don't get me wrong. The defense has been solid. I'm still not sold on Franks, their quarterback, or their offense. But, you know, again, they're, they're a good, solid team. They're plus nine in the turnover department, plus 12 in the sack department. But something tells me that Georgia's offense is better than we saw against LSU. And I was on LSU. LSU was one of my favorite bets. But I just think the week off to kind of let everything stew, they're going to get rid of the ball quicker. They're not going to have Fromm hold on to it. He's gotten sacked six times in third and eight or longer in 30 times that scenario's come up. Six of those times he's been sacked straight up. I think they get rid of the ball quicker. I think they get the wideouts involved quickly, use the tight end now to, I think Georgia's going to open it up. And Florida is another one of those teams, not as much as Kentucky, but Florida, I'm scared. If I'm behind by two scores and I have Florida, I'm scared. Very fortunate to come back and beat Vanderbilt. And that's not a good Vanderbilt team, a team that struggles predominantly in the SEC year in, year out. Florida barely escapes there. Deceiving 10-point win, laying seven, they kick a field goal with 35 seconds left or whatever to cover the spread for a lot of people. Okay, I should say I'm thinking of pressing the button. But the beauty of a site like pregame.com is you get to aggregate information. We got Mr. Dave Esler, who's been red hot, red hot, and he's got an opinion. I want to hear that before I take off the rubber band. Florida, Georgia, the cocktail party, and I want to look at perhaps some misconceptions about the Bulldogs. You can't lose your starting two tailbacks and your left tackle to the NFL and not have some regression on offense. I've looked at the stats. They're pretty impressive, but they hadn't played anybody with a defense until they went down to LSU. What happened in Baton Rouge? Put up 16 points and rushed for only 93 yards against LSU, and that's an LSU team that Florida ran for 215 yards on. Roquan Smith gone, defensive regression. Well, four of the last five Georgia opponents rushed for 140 yards or more, in some cases a lot more. Don't think you saw that last year. Florida under Mullen, very different team. Motivation, none needed. But Florida can still win the SEC East. The McIlwain Gators lost this game badly last year. I just think seven is too many points for a Georgia team that doesn't have a good win against a Florida team that does. Ooh, okay, that's got me ready 
Brad, you like the total. Let's start with your side handicap. Yeah, I lean with Florida here. And again, I don't know how good really Georgia is. They've only played one legit team on the road at LSU, lost by 20, and there wasn't anything misleading about it. Georgia got dominated in that game. The other opponent, Georgia played that maybe's top 25, Missouri. In that game, Georgia had three non-offensive touchdowns just to come near the number where they won by two touchdowns. So three non-offensive touchdowns, that doesn't happen. Georgia might have lost on the road against Missouri. On the flip side, we know what Florida is. Got a great win against LSU. That's about as good a win as any team in college football has right now. Give me Florida plus the seven. Does Florida have a great road win or a neutral field win? Because going home in the swamp that is totally different. Mississippi State's not bad. That's not terrible. That's better than, I mean, than most. That was a very emotional game. Mississippi State playing their former coach. I mean, Florida was a seven-point underdog in that game and won the game. All right, so talk to me about the loss at home to Kentucky then. I mean, uh, you, if you're well, going to talk about the great win, talk about the weak loss, a team you beat 34 to 35 two defensive linemen in that game and got run over early. Okay. All right, I'm doing it. All right, put it down, Mayor. I got Florida plus the seven against Georgia. What do you think, Fez? No opinion, huh? I had no opinion going in. <laughs> Oh jeez! Do you, do you want we, more can or is that? Enough? Oh no, no, that's fine. I'll take it. No, I'll take he, no. I, I have a gut feeling on Georgia, and I'm. Uh, if you go to pregame, Ken Thompson is uh, thirteen two and f- and three. Well, hold on, or I'm sorry, fifteen two and three in my last twenty football. That's you can't NFL. even add up oh, the winners. Fifteen well, two and three plus fifty point one units in one month. Hold on a second. <laughs> and you Did tell me somebody you, hotter hold, than that, then I want on, I want their number. Hold on a second. Did you just refer to yourself in the third person? I sure did. <laughs> Ken Thompson is... Because I would follow Ken myself Thompson. if I was a better. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a drop right there. Yeah. <laughs> Ken Thompson is telling you, follow Ken Thompson. <laughs> Faz, you want it? You know, as far as a drop, I just want to say that I dropped some cash to Ken right as he walked in the door because uh, we've been betting his picks together. But I got to tell you, I thought Esler made some excellent points. And the more I think about this game, you know, Ken looks a little upset that I've not, not even, no, no, you, you know what? And, and in this game, when I looked at it, it's just the seven that's, that looks, and I, I was like, ah, you know what? But I think George is better than they show, showed at LSU. The momentum got going. Like I said, I had LSU play. That was a great game. It was a great spot for LSU. This is a good spot for Georgia coming off the bye. They're ready. And they saw chinks in the armor from Florida playing Vanderbilt and, and Brown. I was telling, look, no home field advantage for, for Vandy at home in Nashville. It's a destination place. Florida's going to go in there and kick their ass. And Florida was lucky to even win the game. No, not right. Uh, yeah, they, they were down. Were they down double digits? They were in down, game? but they. But you're down double digits to a team that's winless. They outgained them by 250 yards. They fumbled in the end zone. Let me make one more point on this game. It's all part of the game, my man. At the end of the year, I, mean, I cashed that ticket. It's altogether possible that Florida winds up. Um, you know, going ahead and, and going to the, the title game in the SEC. And if, if that's the case, we look back on this and we say, what should the spread have been? Pick them. However, I don't think there's any scenario I can come up with that we're going to look back on the spread and say, wow, this spread should have been 13. So just something to ponder. All right. I'm going to do, Ken, since I nabbed up the value against Ken, I'm going to do Ken a solid. We haven't had a coupon for a while here. Ken is red hot. Now settle down and give us your streak calmly. What's your streak? All right, 15 wins, two losses, three draws. 
plus 50.1 units since September 22nd. Now, listen, if you listen to this show, you know Ken has an encyclopedic knowledge of this stuff, and he's hot. And I would say this, Fez, you bet with Ken, right? Like his college football is one of the things you consider. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I would say Ken is an emotional handicapper. And those are the types when they're winning, I think it helps them. They get confident. And guys who are more robotic, you know, they're flat. Like to me, if Ken's on a cold streak, I'm staying away. If Ken's on a hot streak, I'm jumping on. Would you agree? I agree strong. I agree so much, RJ, that this is crazy. I know you don't want me to do this. I'm going to guarantee that Ken wins. Here's how I'm going to guarantee it. If Ken doesn't win, if you buy his coupon code and he doesn't win, every Friday night I'm putting in my Westgate picks at the Westgate, 1130 Friday night. Come see me. Show me proof. I will have some drinks with you and well, well, hold, spend time with you. Hold on. Oh, my. <laughs> this is That's like, a win? Uh, yeah. That's a loss. Like, 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 <laughs> <laughs> hold on. Well, no, that's not true. That's, but there's but, another drop right but, there. But, but the, idea, the idea that your reward is you get to have a drink with Fez. I mean, I could see some people thinking it's a reward, but like, like only 5% of our listeners are even in Vegas, right? So fly in, <laughs> just spend 450 randomly try to catch him somewhere at the Super Contest at some two-hour block of time, uh-huh. and he'll buy you a watered-down Jim Beam. I mean, <laughs> uh-huh. let's just say people are going to know for sure there's no editing of the podcast because <laughs> we left that in. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a coupon, all caps, Mr. Ken, because anyone that calls himself in the third person probably gets a Mr. Mr. Ken, <laughs> and anything Ken has up between now and... And Monday, you can get 30% off. So season package, take it. Month, take it. Whatever it is, Mr. Ken, all caps, M-R-K-E-N, 30% off. And like he said, 15 and 2 with three draws. When this guy's hot, jump on. Mr. Ken, 30% off. Good through Monday. And all you do is pick your package. You get to the shopping cart. It's very secure. You have a coupon area. Put it in. 30%. Boom. Next game. Texas, Oklahoma State. Texas favored by three and a half on the road. All leans on this one. So let's make it quick, Brad. Yeah, I just think generally speaking right now, Tech. Oh, oh, hold on. You actually had a total on this, George. You want to give that real quick? Yeah, I like the, the under in this one. Again, a lot of pressure on both these teams. It's basically... Winner take all, meaning winner is like the likely favorite to represent the East in the SEC championship game with the spot to go to the playoffs. The loser's done, out of the mix. So I think every possession matters. That means more higher intensity, greater defense. I like the under. All right, now transitioning Texas three and a half. Yeah, I lean with Oklahoma State here, plus the points. Ooh, at three and a half. Hmm, that's getting borderline-like for me. And generally speaking, I just think right now Texas is overrated. I thought they were underrated after everyone threw them in the trash after the opening season loss against Maryland. But right now, Texas, number six in the AP poll. I got Texas closer to like number 15 in my power ratings. And what Tom Herman, the head coach, has proven me, great as a dog. We mention the record all the time. Every time Texas as an underdog, like 22-1 and one against the number now, Tom Herman coach teams. But as a favorite, not so much. 4-14 Four and 14 against the number as a favorite. Texas now playing with expectations again. I'm going to sell it here. Give me Oklahoma State. 
Ken, you're going the opposite way. You lean Texas. Yeah, I lean Texas only because Ellinger, the quarterback, starting quarterback, don't know if he's going to play or not. So Shane Bouchelle, who actually was 20 of 34, 184, a touchdown and a pick in the mop-up role when Ellinger got hurt in the last game against TCU. You know, we'll see uh, how things pan out. But Okie State, they're a team that, boy, you get lambasted by Kansas State. That's not good, man. I mean, that's uh, that's a team that's struggling right now. They've uh, turned the ball over a lot of times, and they've given up a bunch of sacks. So uh, I don't know how good Cornelius is. He's not their quarterback. He's not that mobile. They've got a good running back in Hill, pretty good one in King. But I just don't like the Okie State offense. I would lean Texas. And if I know Ellinger's 100%, I would for sure take Texas. Yeah, and as we're taping this on Tuesday, Ellinger is questionable. But I'm telling you right now, the line at three and a half says he's more probable. I would say Ellinger's probably a three-point upgrade over Bouchelle. Even though Bouchelle's got 19 career starts, Ellinger gives uh, a better, I would say, mobility and just a moxie and a leadership that Bouchelle hasn't. Fez, you lean Texas also. Yeah, it's all about Ken mentioned it. I don't think much of Kansas State at all. So you get blown out by K-State. That's a team I want no part of. And I respect the Herman trends. But I think when the spread is 14 or 10, it makes a lot of sense. When you're talking about a three, three and a half point favorite, I don't know if it makes so much sense anymore. Next game. Let's see what we got here. Boy, we're getting to a lot of double likes and such. I think we got one more without. Yeah. We double like is next. And Esler, next. Washington U cost me some money, favored by 11 and a half at California. Only one lean from Ken. Yeah, I lean towards Washington. I mean, this is just a team that physically is better than Cal, especially because Bowers is not the starting quarterback. Now, I know he's a little bit banged up now. They switched quarterbacks. They went back to Gerbers, took out McElwain, actually had him run the ball a little bit. But this is a Cal team that's turning the ball over. Uh, they're, they're struggling as far as protecting the quarterback, except when McElwain runs the offense. And he just runs. He cannot throw the football. So look for Gerbers to try and spread things out. But I think Washington, they get Gaskin back. They have Ahmed. I just think there's too much. They're going to grind things down, and they're going to get – uh, a physical win against Cal. This is a Cal team that took a step back this year when I thought for sure they were going to take a step up and really have a dynamite season. And it's because of the quarterback situation that Wilcox did not settle on the guy that got him there last year and put him in the third position behind Gerbers and McElwain. And it's come back to bite him in the ass. Okay, Brad, you pass, but... What do you think the, na- the main factors in the game are? I know we say this, turnovers for, for Cal, major part. Previous three games coming into last week, Cal's offense had 14 turnovers, and those opponents scored five touchdowns off of them. Cal last week played a clean game, only one turnover. What they do? They dominated Oregon State by 42 points. If I could just read one stat line, I don't care, first downs, rushing yards, anything. If I could just see what the turnover line is on this game, if Cal has fewer than two turnovers, Cal's the right side. Two or more turnovers, Washington gets the cover. This is R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Now back to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Next game, double like, double like, and Esler sound. Let's stay with you, Brad. Iowa, you like them, plus six and a half at Penn State. Yeah, I well, I really like what this Hawkeyes team is showing here, especially on the defense side of the ball. You got a legit top five defense in the country scoring and total defense. And for me, 
Man, Penn State got the win against Indiana last week, but didn't look the part. Uh, you know, emotionally looks like a team doesn't have much to play for. Misleading game. Penn State was outgained by nearly 150 yards. So that misleading win at Indiana creates some value. And I think from an emotional stand, uh, standpoint here, I think Iowa's a team that's juiced up. Iowa wins out. They got a great shot of going to the Big Ten title game. And Ken, you also like Iowa. Yeah, I like Iowa a lot. And remember, uh, you know who George Kittle is now from watching the NFL. You didn't know who he was in college unless you were a Big Ten fan. You'll know all about Noah Fan. He's another tight end, same mold coming out of Iowa. This guy is dominant, already taking care of business big time down there in Iowa City. And you got three defensive linemen, usually Iowa, known by their linebackers. But Epinesa, Nelson, and Hesse, these guys are the real deal. Uh, 22 to 6, sack department for Iowa, plus 16. Trace McSorley, he will be under duress all day, and I think Iowa wins this game straight up at Happy Valley. Okay, now we have Dave Esler with an opinion on this game. Let's see if they agree with the double like. Dave Esler. Penn State and Iowa, a game all about defenses. Iowa's defense is eighth in the nation in third down conversion percentage. I love that stat. Iowa's defense is third in the nation in scoring points per game, 14 points per game. Love that stat. They're 15th in the nation in sacks, and McSorley can hold on to the ball a bit, so that could be a big deal there. Penn State's defense, they allowed Indiana 224 yards on the ground. They let Illinois run for 245 yards. And just like Georgia, they had three defensive players drafted last year. You just don't get better after that. I'll let you guys talk about what happened last year. I know Barkley had almost 300 yards of offense. Miles Sanders isn't going to do that Saturday. McSorley's completion rate is down to 54% from 66 last year. And I don't think Iowa's defense is the cure for that. But I do think Penn State's defense is the cure for a pedestrian Iowa offense like the points. It's a great point, RJ. And he talks about what happened last year at Kinnick Stadium. Penn State scoring on the last play of the game to Juwan Johnson, who ironically is questionable for this game wide out there for Penn State. So Iowa, although they lost, they covered the spread for us, but they lost the game on the last play before they ended up salvaging their season by beating Ohio State. So they'll uh, look for revenge as they go to Happy Valley. The reason I say that is because Iowa always gets one marquee win at Kinnick Stadium every year. Last year was Ohio State. Year before was Michigan, but it was nearly Ohio State and Penn State last year at Kinnick. I tell you, Ken's in the zone. So here's what I'm going to do. We gave you the 30% coupon. I just was talking to our head of sales, Tom Patterson, and he had an idea. He said, let's give Ken the rest of the college football season only for $249. Now, do the math. If you get 30% off because you use Mr. Ken, all caps, that means you're paying $175 less a little for the rest of college football. That's regular season. That's the bowls. That's a good deal. Good through this weekend only. So might as well get it. Get this weekend's plays in the mix. Go to pregame.com. Click buy picks. Click Ken Thompson. You'll see he's the only one that has this. Fez is jealous, but deal with it. You press that package. And then in the coupon area, put Mr. Ken. You're looking at saving 75 bucks down to 175 Every pick from Ken in college. And you can do what Ken Thompson said, which is follow Ken Thompson. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think, Brad? I love it. I mean, listen, if Fez is batting him and you can bat him for a buck and three quarters, pretty good deal. And not only am I betting them, but I have a few hot accounts that when I bet it, sometimes the spread goes crazy and moves and I never 
bet Ken's plays on those hot accounts because I don't want the market to move. Damn. Wow. Fez, you're not afraid to brag, are you? Just. He owns ex- a mansion just, in the yacht. Just what? executing good buy orders. Ace Rothstein was a hell of a handicapper. I can tell you that. I was so good that whenever I bet, I could change the odds for every bookmaker in the country. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is one. Oh, I wish Asler was here. He's in Florida. He's going to be here soon, actually, for a week in Vegas. We got Brad and Ken, a double like, and Asler likes the other side. Ooh. Uh-oh. So I'm going to text it. You know, we don't do cross-line batting, wink, wink, but this would be a fun one. What do we want? I think we want Esler. No, let's go with you guys first. We'll start with Ken. Ken, you like A&M. Right now, they're plus two and a half. Yeah, Mississippi State to me is a team that's just offensively challenged. Three of their last four games, they've scored single digits. Again, the defense is solid. Fitzgerald's one-dimensional this year. He's, you know, he's running the ball. He's not throwing for a lot. He's got tons of interceptions. How about four touchdown passes, seven interceptions for Nick Fitzgerald? And this is with an offensive coordinator from Penn State, Joe Moorhead, their new coach that's supposed to be coming in and upgrading the offense, making it more diverse. Again, they have one nice win. But they have three bad losses. A&M showed me a lot when they went on the road outside of losing the game to Bama, which they got a late cover. A&M showed me a lot by going back on the road and taking care of business in a road win. I like Kellen Mond a lot. I like Travion Williams, the running back. And their leading receiver, Sternberger, and tight end, another guy that will be a big-time NFL player. Keep an eye on that. A&M wins this game. Brad, you agree. Yeah, I like A&M here. And just generally speaking, I think Texas A&M is underrated. I have Texas A&M number 11 in my power ranks. A two-loss team. Well, look at those two losses to number one Alabama and number two Clemson. Oh, by the way, two covers for Texas A&M. And look, I, I think I figured out why I was betting Florida State so much the last couple of years. I wasn't betting Florida State. I was betting Jimbo Fisher, who... You know, obviously he's getting paid like a top five coach, but in my opinion, doesn't always get the respect in the marketplace like a top five coach. A lot of these first year coaches struggling, not Jimbo Fisher, six and one against the number in these seven games. And I think matchup wise, I like A&M here. One thing about their uh, run defense, one of the tops in the country, allowing less than 80 rushing yards per game. So if you're going to make Nick Fitzgerald, the quarterback for Mississippi State, one dimensional, make him try to beat you over the top. I don't trust Fitzgerald this year. Give me the Aggies plus the points. They went out right here in Vegas. Brad Powers likes A&M. Ken Thompson likes A&M in Florida. Dave Esler, who's red hot. Best bet this week, and there could be some blowback on the best bet. I love Texas A&M over Mississippi oh, State. I guess he, he agrees. State was great in the early going. Yeah, they beat UL Monroe and Stephen F. Austin. Then they started to play real teams in the SEC. They've lost three out of four, only beating the pretenders that we now know as Auburn. The Aggies beat Kentucky. Good win there. Conference road win at South Carolina. Mond has completed 62% of his passes in all the SEC games except against Alabama, who does. Aggies have two losses at Alabama and at home to Clemson by two, and they're off a bye. And if I back a team on the road, they got to play defense. The Aggies' defense is third in the nation in rush yards allowed per game, and that's what the Bulldogs want to do. And they're fourth defensively in third down conversions allowed. I always say you can't score without the ball. If their defense is vulnerable anywhere, it's against the pass, and that's not Mississippi State's M.O. I think Joe Moorhead is in over his head here, and I think Texas A&M takes home the win from Mississippi State. Oh, Dave's prepping for these. Now, first off, wouldn't it be funny if 
two people are watching a game and one turns the other and goes, you know something? As Dave Essler always says, you can't score without the ball. You can if you're Alabama. <laughs> I got to tell you, he's in the pocket, though. Yeah. You get triple agreement on a and By the way, Essler's been with pregame for like eight years. His winning record is no one has more wins, more, a better win percentage, just A to Z. And he's a little contrary, which I like that. I like Ken for that, too. Like, Maddie Holt, now listen, Maddie's been doing pretty good on the NFL pot. But Maddie's like, he can't make any move if he possibly thinks anyone could think it's square. I guess he got all that info. He gets that flow of info. So he doesn't want to buck guys that win. You get a guy like Ashler in Florida, he's not in this echo chamber. And Ken really isn't in the echo chamber. You know, he's doing radio. He's doing a lot. I love guys that win that are not doing the duct tape shoe type handicaps. And, and Ashler certainly fits that. Or the echo chamber of really good information early on the week. Everybody's on the over and all of a sudden a cyclone hits Nebraska and there's going to be 50 mile an hour winds. What people bet before that weather report really isn't relevant at all. And what was relevant about what you just said? You could do a projection that says, hey, the over is a great bet on Monday when there was 10 mile an hour winds forecasted. If the weather forecast changes. So, (laughs) you know what's funny, Brad? (laughs) Let's let's just take a minute and talk. Is Fez had a, a probably one of his best straight out of Vegas shows. Absolutely. And I think it freed him up. It's like, well, I can do anything. You can't, Fez. The reason you had such a good show, you stayed in the pocket. Here, you're just running wild. <laughs> so we, we got to hit you with one and settle you down. There we go. <laughs> Bananas. All right. You got that out of your system? Yeah, seven-minute timeout. Good. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> All right, so... Fez, you passed this one. Triple like on AM. Let's see what we got left here. We got a double like. We got a triple like. Holy cow. And then best bets. We only got one live commercial read during the show. Let's just do it now. And then we're going to finish strong. Best bets down the stretch. Hey, dream listeners, this college football season, remember that a little exaggeration makes every story more. And Terrasante, like Dos Equis, the only beer Steve Spurrier stopped for every time the crowd carried him off the field. But don't take it from us. Take it from the head ball coach himself, who once told a reporter, I love winning, but nothing hits the spot like a post-game Dos Equis while sitting atop a fan caravan. I'd say, giddy up, you wild fans. Take me away. That Dos Equis isn't going to drink itself. Close quote. Amen, Steve. Amen. But most importantly, remember to keep it in Terrasante this college football season with Dos Equis, the official beer sponsor of the college football playoffs. Drink Dos Equis responsibly. 2018 copyright imported by Cervasis Mexicanus, White Plains, New York. Oh, our old friend True Car. Hey there, diehards. Here are some football facts that even you might not know about. The first football game was played in 1869. In an average game, the ball was typically in play only 11 minutes. And finally, pizza consumption rates go up during the week of the big game. I contribute to that, by the way. 
You probably knew that last one. Well, here's another fact you might not know that's actually really useful, especially if you plan on tailgating. True Car also helps people get used cars. That's right. True Car isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience, whether you buy new or used. And with True Car, users can see what others paid so they know if they're getting a good deal before buying. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with True Car certified dealers. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. You know what that means. If it's available in yours, take advantage. And remember, at the end, crossfire on a best bet. Auto, 500 smackaroonies. First, though, double like. Washington State at Stanford. Stanford favored by three. Brad, now let's let Fez start. Fez finally liked one. Fez, you like Stanford. I do like Stanford a lot. Home run spot for Washington State last week. Game day was there. The wazoo flag was there. And they brought it tear down the goalpost type of win. I don't know if they actually tore down the goalpost. It's just an expression. But now they come back to earth at Stanford, and Stanford got to play on Thursday night. So Stanford, nine days to prepare. Stanford has been a great home team over the years, and the spread is saying that these two teams are equal. And frankly, after Stanford wins this game, I think everyone's going to go ahead and say, you know what? Stanford had a few losses earlier in the year, but Stanford was in their home run spot, and they're the slightly better team. Fez likes Stanford. Brad, you agree? Yeah, I do. And in addition to saying, you know, Washington State clear letdown spot here. In addition, you look at Stanford, a couple extra days to prep after the Arizona State game. And one thing about Stanford, they don't get enough love for their home field advantage. Last 11 years, when Harbaugh started getting things going there on the farm, 59-9 and straight up. Last 11 years at home for Stanford against the spread, nearly 60%. If you're blindly betting on Stanford every home game the last 11 years, boy, at three, this number is just too cheap. I love the Cardinal. Now, we've introduced a a fellow. You might not know him. He's called Hayseed. Well, actually, the political correct name is Haystack Hank. I mean, I'm going to be honest. Around the office, we call him Hayseed. But (laughs) Haystack Hank. And he's got his own theme song. And sometimes... I think he might have an office nearby because when he hears the theme, he comes rushing in. I think he has a take on this game. Oh, here he is. What do you think of this game? Hey, Stack? Oh, give me a Cougars. What? What? Wait a second. They a three-point dog here? Didn't you guys just watch Washington State last week? They took care of Justin Herbert and them Oregon Ducks. That's an easy winner for the Cougars. You talk about their quarterback. What's his name? Garden Cashew? Cashew Minshew? It don't matter what his name is. I'll tell you what. Washington State goes into Stanford. Stanford? Didn't they lose to Notre Dame by about five touchdowns? Didn't they lose to Utah by about four or five touchdowns? I don't need that. I'm stinking points. Give me Washington State. They roll. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, you gotta love Haystack. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You ever hear Haystack, Ken? Uh, you know what? I may actually have a couple uh, beers, uh, a couple cold ones there with Haystack and watch this game. because <laughs> well, he'll fight you. Well, here, here's the thing. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 totally, I totally get it, man. And it's a great spot for Stanford. It's a tough spot for Wazoo. But this Wazoo team, I swear to God, Mike Leach might be doing his best coaching job ever. That includes Texas Tech. Anywhere, this team off the heels of their quarterback, Helinski, committing suicide, losing their other quarterback, Falk, to the NFL draft. People looked at this team as going to be a bottom feeder in the Pac-12, not only the North, but the total Pac-12, maybe one of the worst two teams. Here they are. They should be undefeated. I'm an SC fan. They got screwed in that game. Several calls went against them that shouldn't have. They should be unbeaten. They dominated Oregon, let them back in the game in the third quarter. Look, Stanford's offense is putrid, to say the least, without a healthy, a healthy Bryce Love. So this Wazoo team, keep an eye on them. 21 sacks, they've only allowed five. So as tough as, uh, and Minshew throws for 401 yards a game. That's tops in the country. So I think Wazoo's live. I know the trend and the, everything going against them, but I'm hanging out with Haystack. <laughs> <laughs> Check out this lineup, guys. we got four games left. we got a triple like. That means Brad, Fez, and Ken on the same game. Then we got Fezzik's one and only best bat. Then we got Brad's one and only best bet. And then we finish it off with the rarest of rare best bet crossfire. Ken Thompson against Brad. You know, maybe I should start charging from here. Like, like you got to like stop the tape. Send in. We're not charging. N- no, nine. It's all out of my pocket. <laughs> Send in nine ninety five. And listen, I think we'd make some money. I wouldn't do that to you guys. By the way, though, I could stop me. <laughs> I'm joking. I never will. But please spread the word. And, and Ken and I were talking about this. It is insane. Our listenership numbers. Um, now, listen, college is not as popular in general as the NFL. Last year, we had about 80,000 college listeners. That's nice. Think of the stadium full. In the NFL, we had about 130. This year in college, we're up to about 180 a week. And in the NFL, we've had a couple weeks now over 300. Why is that happening? It's because you guys are spreading the word. Now, why are you spreading the word? Well, one, you're having fun. So the people you like, your friends, you want them to have fun, especially if they're fans, college football, NFL. Additionally, if it's on Twitter, Facebook, whatever social stream, you are going to impress people. If they hadn't heard of the dream, if they heard of the dream preview, they're going to say, oh, yeah, I like that. Thank you. You got good taste. If they haven't, they're going to check it out. At least a percentage will. And listen, history tells us a nice chunk of them. They're, let's just say they're favorites to like it. So not only do you get to help your friends win, you get... Love, quite frankly, from your followers. Do me a favor. It can be this show. It can be the next show. Whatever show you particularly like. And obviously, we have a ton of great picks at this show. It's a great one. Tweet out the link. Just go to my Twitter. His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. And I tweet it out every Wednesday. You can subscribe, whatever. Get the link on any podcast player. Get the link. Send it. Email, text, whatever. It helps us grow. And guys, I think you can see the energy we're putting into this, the fun, the number of people involved, the whole thing is driven by your response.
We've more than doubled since last year. Let's keep that going. If we double one more time, we will literally be, you'll be part of one of the biggest podcasts in the world. I mean, we double one more time. We're up to 600 K we're right up there with all of the, you know, not that there's nothing above that, but we're right there. Help us out and help out your buddies. And we really appreciate it. All right. Triple like Florida state Clemson Clemson on the road, favored by 16 and a half. Fez, you like Florida State. Let's start with you. Yeah, it's all about first-year coach Willie Taggart changing the all the systems for Florida State, playing faster, and it was a disaster in September. Lost badly to Virginia Tech, crushed by Syracuse, almost lost to Samford. Not Stanford, Samford, where they only won by 10. But since then, continued improvement. And RJ, you preach this all the time. First-year head coach that brings in a new system, bet against them in September, then start to look to bet on them come Halloween, which is coming up. Don't know what I'm going to be yet. I think solid value with an undervalued Florida State team. Could you be like a a character from Dungeons & Dragons? Or Harry Potter. (laughs) Or that new show you watch. What's that called? Manifest. Manifest. The problem is that you've been missing presumed dead for five and a half years. <laughs> what would your house be like? Your your like office would be like a workout, like a like a yoga studio. Come back and, and Jonathan Ogden has moved back in. Yes. <laughs> what does that mean? Wow. <laughs> that can mean a lot. <laughs> Jonathan Ogden. You want to explain, Fez? No. <laughs> Wally Balls, it's my alias. All right, can you? I, I just want to know because I'm friends with Jonathan Ogden. <laughs> there you go. Oh, well, see, there, there you go. go. <laughs> Maybe you're the you're to blame for this. You like Florida State too, Ken? I do. I just think that Florida State, you know, athletically, they're not giving away anything athlete wise. But I did say when Trevor Lawrence takes over the reins full time for Clemson, that they would be back not only in the playoff mix but a chance to beat Alabama. They're one of maybe two teams maybe out there that can beat Bama on a given day. And by making that quarterback switch, getting rid of Bryant from the starting job, you know, they've solidified themselves as that team. But Florida State, it's too many points to give this team. Francois settled himself down. To remember, this guy's a pretty good quarterback, was holding his own against Bama before he got hurt in that opener last year. Akers and Patrick, great combination out of the backfield. Nyquan Murray, one of the best receivers in the country. And Brian Burns, keep an eye on this guy, defensive line. This guy will play in the NFL as well, and he's going to be big time. Has nine sacks already on the year. Florida State plus seven in that department. Have to just cut it down on the turnovers if they can do that. I think this is a one-score game, maybe 10 points at the most Clemson wins. All right. So Ken likes Florida State plus 16 and a half. Fez likes it. Brad, you lean that way, but you like Florida State in the first half. So explain why just the first half. Yeah. Well, the reason why I like in the first half is Florida State's going to be very, I would say, hyped up for this game. This is right now at the current number, the largest home underdog role in modern history for this Florida State team going back to 1980 at 16 and a half largest home underdog role. So I expect them to be very hyped up, similar to what Florida State was a few weeks ago against another one of their rivals, Miami, when Florida State actually led by 20 as a two-touchdown dog in that one. But what worries me is what I saw in that second half of the Miami game, Miami's defensive front getting after that Florida State offensive line, which is one of the bottom five in the country as far as allowing tackles for loss. And what's on the other side this week? One of the best defensive lines in all of college football. So give me a very hyped up, energized Florida State team in the first half. 
I lean for him in the full game, but get, I would much prefer to have him in that first half compared to the full game. So this is about initial early energy for Florida State, but also one of the things, if you have a 14 or 16.5-point underdog in this case, you're going to be thrown from behind in theory at some point. And you're saying you don't want this Florida State team thrown from behind. I mean, I trust the quarterback, Francois. I don't trust the Florida State offensive line if Clemson's going to be teeing off and just pass rushing them every Pig- single down. Piggyback on top of that, RJ, Landon Dickerson, their left guard, is out for Florida State and their left tackle, Derek Kelly the second, he's also questionable. So you'll see that stunting and blitzing coming to the left side of Florida State's line if this, uh, this second guy, Kelly, goes out. Fez, do you agree with the first half? Would you split your bet? Yeah, I like the idea of a little diversification. And also, I, I think a 16.5-point favorite is usually about a 9.5 first half, and you might catch that rogue 10. Yep. Really important number there. And if you go to pregame.com, click Game Center, 76% of the tickets on Clemson, but only half the cash. So the big bets, the sharp bets on Florida State. By the way, pregame.com, the only place in the world with free cash splits and all the major games. It's time. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Fire up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. I like that song more every time I hear it. I do too. I didn't think I would when I first heard it. I was like, yeah, I don't know, RJ. Oh, you were macho right off the farm. Yep. I mean, you would have been hanging out with Hayseed. Hey, Stack, I mean. Yep. Fez, Wisconsin, Northwestern. Wisconsin favored by six and a half. A little extra juice. You like them. I'm going to lay the six and a half with Wisconsin. It's all about fading Northwestern. Northwestern is overrated. Phony win against Nebraska. If you watched that game, they had no business winning that game against Nebraska. That win that my cats got against Michigan State. Not looking so impressive anymore after Michigan State got rolled by Michigan and Wisconsin always takes the drive down interstate, I believe it's 94, down to Evanston, get off on Dempster Road, take over our stadium, whiskey, minus six and a half is the play. It's like Fez is having daydreams back yeah. in college. What were you like in college, Fez? Studious. <laughs> Jeez. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. Brad, what do you think of his pick here? I disagree with it. Not enough to push the button. But here, I've seen a trend with Northwestern games here, and I, I get it. Northwestern hasn't looked apart the, the last couple of weeks. As a favorite, though, that's the time to play against Northwestern. But in a big home run spot, similar to what Northwestern had a few weeks ago when they hosted that vaunted Michigan team, you know, how did Wisconsin do fair against Michigan, Fez? Well, they did terribly because I bet my balls off on Michigan. All right. Game. Well, Northwestern against that same Michigan team led 17 to nothing and got an easy cover. Home run spot here for Northwestern. They get up for these big games. I think after a very subpar down performance last week against Rutgers. Rutgers. Yeah, you get an A performance here. Give me Northwestern. Lean, though. But you're not pressing the button. I'm not pressing the button. I did last so, week. So really, your opinion's meaningless. Mm. It's like any other talk show. You're not backing it with cash. Teasing it. I, I am going to press the button against someone else here on their best bet. Teasing it. I've said it seven times. All right. 
Ken, you actually like the total in this game. Yeah, I like the total of under, and I'd probably be on with Wisconsin with Fez if uh, Sagapolo, Dixon, Nelson, and Hicks aren't all questionable. Those are four starters on the defense and four pretty good ones for the uh, Badgers that only had three guys coming back. So uh, I just think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I Yeah, Northwestern, they're going to struggle to score at all. Uh, one of their two backs, Moten the fourth, probably won't play in this game. Uh, Larkin, their starter, of course, walked away from the game a few weeks ago. And Thorson, their quarterback, is not running at all this year. I mean, he was a dual threat when he came up with Northwestern, and I liked him that, that way. He's not running at all this year, putting too much emphasis on the arm because I think he's worried that Trent Green's son is sitting right behind him and is a gunslinger ready to take over that position. So he's trying to show, hey, I can throw the ball like Green, and he's taken away from his dual threat uh, you know, ability that he had last year. So I would lean with uh, Fez if I was going to play Wisconsin, but I like the under because Wisconsin's going to grind it out, hand it to Taylor time and time again. They're going to control the line of scrimmage, and this game's probably going to be in the 40s at best. Yeah, and another reason why Thorson's not running, he tore his ACL in the bowl game, so they're kind of protecting him in that regard. I like what I've seen from Thorson throwing the football, though. Yes, he he's throwing it and pretty And well. you got Thorson, Northwestern, going pass happy against a Wisconsin defensive back that just two weeks ago, Fez, that you said cluster injuries. That's why you made that big Michigan bet. Those cluster injuries are still there in the defensive backfield. Best bet, Steve Fezzik, Wisconsin. A lot of gibbering, a lot of jabbering. No one pressed the button. <laughs> Now, usually Brad, he's in the uh, cleanup spot, but he has to take a back seat to the crossfire coming up next. But here's Brad. Whoa, make me rich, make me rich. Rabbit, you can drop that We're going to take Iowa State minus three and a half against Texas Tech. And to me, Iowa State is a really, really bad matchup for Texas Tech. Since Matt Campbell took over a couple years ago against Texas Tech, Iowa State has beat the Vegas spread. Expectations in those two games by 85 points in two games. And what have they done? It's all about Iowa State's defense. Bad matchup for that flying high-tempo pass-happy offense for Texas Tech. What does Iowa State do? Keeps everything in front of them, drops eight guys in coverage, and makes Texas Tech go 12, 14, 15 plays. Are you going to trust a true freshman quarterback for Texas Tech not to make mistakes, having to go 12, 14, 15 plays every drive? I'm not. And, oh, yeah, by the way, I think we got a preview of what's going to happen in Ames just a couple weeks ago. Iowa State, who'd they play? West Virginia. Well, my goodness, West Virginia, don't they play the same style of offense that Texas Tech does? They certainly do. That's where, obviously, Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach for Texas Tech, he learned his offense from Dana Holgerson, the head coach at West Virginia. Iowa State dominated that game. They'll dominate this game. Give me the Cyclones minus three and a half. That is a uh, very passionate handicap. That's a handicap. Anyone disagree? I'm going to get on it, man. I mean, you convinced me. That's that's why he's here. It's a good thing because he'll need to make the money on that game that he's going to lose on this one. Here it is. <laughs> Every once in a while, there's a game. One man, he feels strongly. The other man feels the opposite. How do we settle it? With cash, $500 auto bet. Best bet fade. Ken, best bet goes first. Purdue plus 
two and a half. Yeah, Purdue plus two and a half. I don't think they'll need the points. I think Jeff Brom, the coach, and again, this guy's going to be a big-time coach. And for those Boilermaker fans that have waited a long time for Joe Tiller-style football to come back to Purdue, it's back. This team could easily be 7-0 and right now. First three games they lost this season, they were all winnable, and they were winning all of them. They just floundered down the stretch, and they were all home games. Had them back, they'd probably get it done now. But they continued the last two weeks to dominate. And on the road, what they did to Illinois, again, it's a down Illinois team in Champaign, but we saw Penn State go in there and only lead 28-24 after three quarters. We see a Purdue team now with David Blau, a good solid quarterback, outstanding receiver, two excellent running backs. This team spread out Ohio State. Buckeyes didn't have a clue. Yes, that game was in West Lafayette. This game will be in East Lansing. But what's left there for the Spartans? Not much. Not after you lose to Big Brother, who was back in the role of Big Brother last week, pounding the crap out of them in East Lansing. Very deceiving score, 21-7. That game should have been 40-7. So now, Michigan State, how are they getting up off the turf? I don't know. Lewerke's banged up their quarterback. Their running game's an absolute joke. Oh, by the way, their all-everything receiver is out for the year with an Achilles tear. Good luck, Brad. Answer that, because I think you have no freaking chance, buddy. It's a good handicap. Very good handicap. Go. Here's why I like Michigan State here. To me, forget Michigan State. I really don't like Michigan State. To me, it's all about fading Purdue off of what I would say is probably Purdue's biggest win in at least a generation. If not, 25, 30, 40 years. Did you see how they celebrated that game after that big blowout win over the Buckeyes last weekend? Stormed the field. Everyone's partying and celebrating. Purdue just learned how to win here in the last three, four weeks, Ken. Now they got to learn how to handle all that expectation because now they have some. I don't think they will. On the road. Give me Michigan State minus two and a half, although I will concede Ken had a more passionate and a better handicap. And I would agree with Brad if it was a team that was even middle of the road. But this is a Michigan State team that just got pummeled by their rival at home. How do you get up and get into practice on Tuesday? Hey, guys, let's go. We play Purdue. Oh, goody. I mean, yeah, they beat Ohio State, but what are you going to say? Where are you hanging your hat on? All these games that you could have won, should have won, had a chance to win, and you're in East Lansing, you haven't done it. A lot of people threw Michigan State stay in the trash after they lost to Northwestern at home. What they do, go on the road as a big dog and beat Penn State. Don't throw them in the trash just yet. What's Purdue's goal at this point? Mm. Well, they still have a lot of uh, expectations in the West. If they win out in the West, they could get to the Big Ten Championship. And I will make a prediction right here, RJ. If they win this game, they will beat Wisconsin. I said at the beginning of the year, and my wife's a Badger fan, I went to Purdue, Wisconsin at Camp Randall a couple years ago, and I said when Jeff Brom took over, this is going to be a different team. As long as they can lock him up and keep him there, this team will be different. And if you all remember Joe Tiller, the way he spread it out with Drew Brees and those guys, this is going to be the same style team and they are going to be in the top four or five in the Big Ten every single year. And I just think their style is going to be one that a lot of those teams, like Michigan State, won't be able to combat. Now that is passion. $500 auto bet. Ken Thompson versus Brad Powers. Brad, you feeling a little less confident? Nah, I'm good. Fez, what do you think? I think ask Ken whether he wants it in chips or cash. Oh, all right, guys, that was a show. By the way, a little shorter. We're doing five hours of radio a week, Fox Sports Radio National, 200 stations. Go to Fox Sports Radio, check out in your local area or iHeartRadio app or the podcast. Just search RJ Bell on your podcast player straight out of Vegas. A lot of stuff there. 
we don't get to here and vice versa. We hate repeating ourselves. Oh, one of those things. What's that Harbaugh's name from Michigan? Jim. It's Jim Harbaugh? Jim Harbaugh. We should talk about him a little bit. I'm just going to say one thing. He smells. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.